This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Despite what seems like a small business rebellion, the liberals are plowing ahead with their proposed tax reforms. They say that eliminating some tax breaks for incorporated businesses will ensure that the wealthy pay their fair share. There's been an outcry from doctors, farmers, and small business owners who say this will ensnare those earning as little as 50k a year. Today, the provincial and territorial leaders will get a chance to hear from Finance Minister Bill Morneau and the Prime Minister at the federal-provincial meeting in Ottawa. One Premier has already called on them to abandon the proposals, which even supporters say were rolled out too quickly without enough consultation. The numbers for you to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Right now, we are going to David McDonald, Senior Economist at the Centre for Policy Alternatives. He is in favour of the changes, and Mark Wales, who is a farmer and uh, who also represents the Ontario Federation of Agriculture and who uh, happens to be at Queen's Park to talk to MPPs. Uh, so, Mark, let's start with you, gentlemen. Uh, hello to both of you. Good afternoon, Libby. Okay, Mark. So, um, where do you think this is at? It seems to be uh, moving along with big momentum. Well, it's good to hear that it's on the agenda with the premiers and the prime minister today. I mean, the uh, the period for consultations closed yesterday. Uh, one of the biggest concern is that with just a 70 or 72 day consultation period, that the government were going to rush this through and immediately come through with a prepared bill so that they can have this ready to go for January 1st and take effect. I think we've done a good job highlighting the concerns that we have and uh, the reality that there's a lot of unintended consequences and a lot of collateral damage here that I don't think they really anticipated when they put these things together. So hopefully they'll hit the pause button, at least on some of the provisions, and take another look and make sure that they don't unfairly hit uh, real small businesses who are middle-class business owners, and especially the farmers, obviously, that I represent. Uh, we certainly have no issues with them targeting the 1% in society and making them pay a bit more. I'm all for that. I've always said that. But let's make sure we get this right. And, and the fact that they're discussing it today, I think, is actually really important. Okay. Uh, before we go to David, just to uh, refresh people's memory, so the things that they want to change uh, are so-called income sprinkling, and that is the ability to uh, pay out dividends uh, to family members who don't necessarily work in the corporation. And if those family members don't make uh, 
a lot of money. Uh, they can uh, that money isn't going to be taxed. They also want to change uh, provisions for considering some things capital gains and uh, take away a lower tax rate for so-called passive income, which is if you have extra money and you want to save it inside your business for retirement or for maternity leave or for whatever, it's not taxed at the full rate until you take it out. Um, David McDonald, you say that these changes are only going to hurt uh, or going to make wealthier people uh, pay more taxes, uh, something that uh, the people who object say is not the case. Well, I've looked a lot more at income sprinkling as opposed to the other two pieces, uh, and so I can speak uh, a bit more directly to that. Certainly on the income sprinkling side, the impact on the 900,000 families in Canada that receive small business dividend incomes looks to be very limited. Uh, so it looks like of those 900,000 small business families, about 5% of them are likely actively using income sprinkling, which is to say they're paying a family member that, that's not really involved in the business. Uh, that represents about 47,000 families. Uh, and broadly speaking, most small business families are going to be are going to remain unimpacted by income sprinkling because even if you have family members in the business working, that's totally justified and there's you know this is not something that would affect you in terms of the families that are income sprinkling um, the distribution really skews towards the high end so the top uh, five percent of families making over two hundred sixteen thousand get half of the benefit of small business income sprinkling the bottom seventy percent of families uh, making under a hundred thousand see three percent of the benefits and so while it is certainly hypothetically possible to have a family that makes fifty thousand taking advantage of income sprinkling, it's very unlikely. And, uh, you know, for whatever small benefit they might get, very wealthy families are, are gaining substantial amounts from this. Uh, Mark, uh, you, and, sorry. Um, well, I just, I, yeah. I just wanted to say in terms of the, in terms of the industries that are benefiting uh, from income sprinkling, it's much more likely on the professional side. And so you find things like uh, healthcare, accountants, lawyers, as well as uh, real estate and, uh, and insurance salespeople. Uh, much more likely to be using income sprinkling, whereas uh, the agriculture industries, where you'd find family farms, for instance, or uh, accommodation food services, where you'd find family restaurants, about two and a half times less likely than healthcare, where you'd find doctors and dentists. Okay, Mark, I think you take issue uh, in terms with that in terms of the way it would affect farm families, and you also say these rules will make it much harder to pass a family farm on to the next generation. Yeah, uh, thanks, Libby. For, on the income sprinkling, which is not something that's commonly done on the farms, although uh, it's very, very often that your children, usually in that 18 to 24 age category, who may be off at university working on an agriculture degree to come back to the farm and move the business forward in the next generation, uh, it's not uncommon for them to come back at the key periods of planting and harvest where it's all hands on deck, often around the clock. And you may want to give them, you may want to either pay them directly as a salary, or you may have no salaried employees, so you don't run a payroll, so you would give them shares in the company. And that's also how they would earn their way into eventual ownership. This, uh, Canada Revenue Agency has already set the, this reasonableness test that they're going to put into place. They're going to expect that 18 to 24-year-old is going to be fully employed on the farm all the time. Well, that's not the farm workplace. We have real real peak periods of employment, planting and harvest, and a farm may have no employees in between. So the husband and wife may, take, may do all the work in between. So 
a concern is that they're already predetermining that they're not going to accept the contribution by young people, and that's our next generation of farmers. So the other issue, of course, that we're challenged with is the intergenerational transfer of farms, which usually occurs uh, through a farm corporation or a family trust, because you may have as many as three generations involved both in ownership and management of the farm, and it's a gradual transition, and it should take place over quite a number of years. And usually on the farm, you're going to try and treat all your children fairly, whether they're actively part of the farm today or whether they're pursuing a career and maybe want to come back to the farm business later in life. So you need to use the provisions that are, that are existing there and have existed for the better part of 40 years. So our concern is that about three-quarters of family farms would typically transition to the next generation. That's not as common in, say, a professional. So you, you, you don't often see a doctor or a dentist or a lawyer transition the business to the next generation. But farms, is very normal. And the new provisions on the cost for capital gains, it, it would actually be much cheaper to sell your farm to someone not related to you than it is to sell it to your children under the proposed rules. So we said that's fundamentally wrong. We want to ensure a strong family farm producing food for Canadians in the world here. And we can't do that if it's going to be a costly tax hit for the next generation. So that one they really need to get right. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Sam in Brantford. Hi, Sam. Hi, Debbie. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Not too bad. I'd like to talk about uh, the federal government, specifically uh, your income tax returns. Uh, they changed it a few years ago. On Schedule 1, just to give an example, on Line 350, they have their total federal non-refundable tax credits. Okay, on my sheet here, I have over $3,000 in non-refundable tax credits. So I phoned the government at that time, and I said, if I'm not getting any money back, why am I putting this item down? And they say, well, that's the way we, we changed it. In other words, you put down what you're supposed to get back, but it's non-refundable. So you can put down three or four or $5,000, but that money is, is totally, totally wasted. Well, if you have a tax bill, it lowers it. Uh, Sam, do you have anything to say about the changes for small business? Well, I, th- I think the small business is what makes Canada grow. I mean, the small business, that's how people started in small business. And then they get bigger and bigger, and then they have to pay their taxes. But the small people shouldn't have to pay as much as the government wants them to pay. Okay, Sam, thanks for that. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, yeah, we are actually starting to run out of time on this one. So, uh, panelists, starting with David, do you predict that they might put a little bit of the brakes on this, consult a little more, maybe expand it, because uh, the government has also come under heat that these changes don't, uh, don't affect the really, really wealthy people like Justin Trudeau and Bill Morneau? David, do you think uh, that might happen or plow ahead? It sounds like the income sprinkling as well as the uh, uh, the conversion of dividends to capital gains, uh, those pieces are much more developed, and it looks like they will likely continue forward. I think what they were looking for much more uh, input on was the passive income, so using your corporation as a you know as an RRSP minus all the rules that everybody else has to live by. And so I think that will likely take more time and more consultation. Um, in terms of the broader picture, I mean, this is one piece of a much bigger pie in terms of tax expenditures or tax loopholes. Uh, these are going to exclusively affect small business owners. Small business owners are not the only ones that make a lot of money. I mean, you think of CEOs, for instance, that yeah. on average are going to make uh, millions of dollars every year. Uh, things like the stock option deduction are going to affect CEOs, but they're not going to affect small business owners. And unfortunately, 
it appears the Liberals so far have passed on things like the stock option deduction. I think that's certainly something they should revisit if they, if they are going to change the rules for small business owners. Okay. Um, and uh, Mark, um, you know, uh, your big objection is to that capital gains thing. Uh, uh, what do you make of it? Uh, do you think that, uh, do you have, do farmers have a plan B? And, and what do they think of the fact that these changes haven't hit the really, really wealthy people? Well, you're right. We're very frustrated with that, and I and I agree with David. The stock option issue, I mean, that was in the election platform. Why are they not going forward with that? That's a fairly that's a big number, and that affects the people who they truly said they were going after in the first place. Uh, I, I've had a chance to meet with people in the PMO's office on this, and we've we've made our points about how how critical this will be for the next generation of farmers in this country, and the next, and so on and so forth. So. Uh, we have seen some movement publicly from the minister, recognizing that uh, it's not his intention to affect intergenerational transfers. So I'm confident that the government will be willing to make some major changes on that one. Uh, the income sprinkling, uh, we've, we've talked to them about that and said, look, we need to be involved in the guidance documents in determining how the reasonableness test is put into place. Uh, the reality is bureaucrats don't understand the farm. They rarely get out of Ottawa enough to... Uh, see the daylight and, and see the things that we grow. So we're going to need to help them get that one right. Uh, we have no problem with people who are truly avoiding taxes, but and we're quite prepared to pay our share. But let's make sure that we are not penalized because of, we're small business owners. We are the job creators, as the listener pointed out. Three-quarters of all the private sector jobs in this country are created by small business. Uh, it's bad for the economy if you attack small business. And that's been our frustration so far. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.